Hey everyone, this is Connor. Before we get started, I just want to encourage you to check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash podsidepicnic. If you become a patron, you'll get access to multiple exclusive episodes every month. And you can also join our patrons-only Discord chat, where Pete and I talk informally with the Podside Picnic community. So if you like the show, go ahead and check us out at patreon.com slash podsidepicnic. Thanks. Welcome back to Podsite, everyone. This is, of course, Carlo. I am joined today by none other than my co-host, Kurt. Hello, Kurt. Hey, Carlo. Howdy, howdy. And today we are joined by, uh, uh, correct me here, uh, Wendy. It's Wendy Shu. Uh, you were Hugo Award winning. Nominated. Nominated. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, it's okay. Uh, but, you know, in any case... Uh, Wendy Shoes with us, uh, who wants to talk. We're all going to talk about the 1993 Chu, uh, is it Chu Hawk? I believe is his, how you pronounce his name. Actually, uh, it's written the same way as my last name. So I think it's Shu. Mm-hmm. Oh. I, I, I even, the funny thing is, I, I went ahead and like even listened to interviews and maybe they're mispronouncing it. I don't know. Anyway, the point is 1993 film Green Snake, uh, which, uh, has a, a pretty great cast. I mean, it's, uh, Maggie Chung, uh, Joey Wong, Vincent Zhao, uh, amongst others. Uh, and, uh, so, so this is, I believe this is a first time view for all of us. Is this correct? Yes. Yeah. Excellent. Man, what a first time view. I know. Also. I was like, what a crazy <laughs> ride. <laughs> what a movie. <laughs> I like I've I've seen like a few films that were like somewhat stylistically similar or like were drawing on like similar mythology or similar stories, but like this was really on a totally different level. Like it was one of those things where like you ever see like there sometimes there's a genre of films or music or something and like you know that like you you probably should like it but you've just never found the right way in and then you stumble upon it. Mm-hmm. I, I think that this is my right way in uh to to kind of this this type of like film and like Hong Kong kind of like fantasy mythology romance film because man i was fucking i was fucking blown away yeah it's great go ahead i'm uh, sorry no it's okay i feel like um i feel like i was stepping back into like being a child and watching the 1986 journey to the west for the first time the mainland series which had like I was like, ah, yes, the bad green screen, the smoke effects, because like we just loved a smoke machine and like lots of like weird strobing. I was like, I'm we are so back. (laughs) I love it. And it gets so much done with like fairly straightforward special effects. Like a lot of it is just clever editing. Mm -hmm. Like there's a there's there was one specific sequence that stood out to me where Green Snake is kind of like in her like half snake form and she kind of like coils up a pillar 
And they don't mm. actually ever show her coiling. They kind of like show her upper body around it. And then they kind of show like a piece of fabric kind of being dragged along. But it's really it's really just like editing and mm-hmm. going back and forth between two different shots. And it looks way better than if she had turned into a CGI snake. So I love that. Like, yeah. yeah. It was amazing. I just like visually this was was awesome. Well, and 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 like even like you're 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 sort of going already to to the next level uh even like the simple stuff uh speaking to that effect right the simple stuff where they have like maggie shun uh basically like crawl around and sort of like <laughs> writhe a little bit and yeah. she's got like a long trail of fabric and it just it it's just enough visually for you to buy into the effect uh and i, I just found that to be just fascinating because it I think I've said this before, and I, I think it bears mentioning here where it's used to really, um, really good effect is the fact that it's, it's the type of effect that sort of invites you to meet it where it's at. And so you end up sort of filling in some of the visual effects, if you will, right? You sort of go, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, that's totally like a snake. Yeah. Okay, cool. Because it it is sort of stylized. I'm sorry, Wendy, I cut you off. No, no, I was just like, the use of just like the prop tail was super fun. Um, (laughs) Yes. I was, well, because I I talked to my husband about this a lot, but like in all the old Star Wars movies, they have all the puppets. And that's just Mm -hmm. like so much more fun than uh, crappy CGI. Totally. Um, I love a puppet. Puppets are great. There's some good puppets in this. I even like, there's like a little puppet spider that doesn't look great. But when you see it, you're like, oh, spider. It's like a little fuzzy spider guy. And it zips away. And you're like, yeah. Everything, oh, man. Everything Curry, is Curry. great. The when when uh so so we we start this is basically uh as I understand it, it's a an adaptation of a novel. Um uh, by Lillian Lee, and it uh, the novel itself is is sort of like a uh, a riff on a, f- I think it's called one of the uh, four big uh, Chinese folk tales called Madame White Snake, uh, but in this, of course, it's being sort of the 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 main point of view character here is more Green Snake, her sister, um, in part because White Snake is a bit of a brat. I'm a th- I have a thousand more. I have a thousand years of training, and you only have five hundred. Uh, it's okay, interesting you thanks. say that because I I interpreted Green Snake as kind of being the brat, at least superficially, and then no, no, like I, as yeah. the story goes on, like they swap places. But but I that that was one dynamic that I really liked is is that Green Snake is like she's 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 not like no good but she's like she's made she's like good at heart but she is good at heart through kind of like be, being a little bit of a bitch <laughs> she, she's 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 good at heart but she's messy what can we yeah, say exactly. right? we love we love ourselves a messy uh snake devil you know <laughs> she i just really i loved how kind of petulant she was she's just, like <laughs> I first of all loved that these two demons were allowed to be demons, like have kind of their own values and not be judged for it by the narrative. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, they're snake demons. They are going to be slutty. 
Yes, um, exactly. Yeah. And seductive. And those were all just like super fun things. I don't see this a lot in like mainland sea dramas that, uh, well, to be fair, my, my like watch record has not been a lot of stuff prior to 2016. But I noticed that in a lot of like mainland sea dramas, like all the heroines are just so much more chaste. And these, when, when I, I was like, when I saw like the first, you know, when they're first on the roof and they're naked, I was like, okay, like, here we go. This is a, this is a Hong Kong movie. <laughs> yeah. They, 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 they escaped uh, horny jail to be in this movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's kind of funny because like, as you say, Wendy, the film never judges them for, for kind of being slutty. Um, but it does judge uh, all the men who are like, I, I don't like sex. No, I, I'm not horny <laughs> while they're being like very horny. Like they, they get judged. It's not, it's not bad to be horny. It's only bad from the movie's point of view to be horny and act like I'm far too high and mighty to be horny. Not, well, not I, me. <laughs> that, that was, that was something that really stood out to me that in this, in this entire movie, the Buddhist monk is like basically <laughs> the villain. And you're like, you're like, get the fuck out of here. Go away. Leave them alone. They're trying to just live their lives. Oh my God. They, no, they, but he's like, I feel this is a man who I just feel like he, he would be like, Oh my God, it's a woman. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's, he's, he's afraid from the get go that, that uh, just looking at a woman giving birth, it gave him enough girl cooties to get really horny about it. You know? <laughs> yeah. That is that that part is really funny because like it's he's like getting very it's like he's he's getting like horned up just like by the idea of like you know of like a woman doing some kind of a woman thing ah, like a baby ah, I don't know I can't deal with this and then I, later on of course he's he's like um he he asks one of the snake demons to try to seduce him so that he can meditate <laughs> he's like okay I, I need you to try to fuck me but I'm gonna meditate on not fucking it it'll make me super strong if I do that he was he, he was do, he was doing the Goku's uh, weighted pants but they were horny. <laughs> He's training just, with horning pants. I feel like it's it's in the grand tradition of like of like the of no nut for like three lifetimes <laughs> that's prevalent in so much like mainstream Chinese fantasy media. I just feel like this was such a welcome departure because this I feel like the director was saying, Oh no, there is going to be nut and we're gonna like make fun of this, this trope <laughs> of like being this like the virtuous buddhist i almost feel like he was kind of like the he was kind of he's kind of like tripitaka's character in journey to the west but taken to the absolute extreme <laughs> um he was yeah like, and well i mean to your to your point kurt uh even what is it xu jen who's uh, you know his nickname throughout the movie between the two sisters is honest man yeah, uh, is 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 a, he just sort of like, oh, yeah, I love white snake. She's my wife. Oh, green snake. We shouldn't kiss. But if we did, <laughs> what would happen? <laughs> You're like, you suck, dude. <laughs> he does suck. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. I, I, I was just going to say I I like also that, like, even though they have this dynamic of kind of like 
Green Snake trying to steal White Snake's beloved, just kind of to be like, I could smash too. You know, I I could do that. <laughs> I only have five hundred years. I don't I don't need a thousand years to smash. I can get by with you know I can get by with five uh, with a uh, five hundred. But then like they they still like come back together without really having dealt with it. They're just like oh well, you know. <laughs> what are you gonna do? <laughs> family, family. Do snake demons. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah, the bonds of the bonds of like being sisters. You know, transcend any kind of. Uh, Shitty mortal man. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, good for them, honestly, for real. Like that, that I, I did find that to be sort of um, an interesting. Uh, it, it lent a, an interesting pathos to to like their dynamic, right? Because um, who else is going to understand them, right? Other mm-hmm. than like, even if they, even if they hated each other, they've been through enough together that only one will understand the other. Mm-hmm. And sort of accept them for what they are, and and I, I feel like that's sort of conveyed rather well throughout the throughout the movie. Not to not to get too like super deep or, or sincere here, but but I do think that that is really well portrayed throughout the movie over and over again. Um, and you know, kudos to uh, what is it, uh, Maggie Chung and and is it yeah, Joey Wong, uh, their portrayals of you know uh, Green and White Snake. Uh, respectively, are, are you know, sort of like suffused with that dynamic. Yeah, I mean, sisterhood is is like, I mean, in this sense, in the purely fantasy demon sense, it felt a little bit romantic, but it and like definitely kind of sensual, but also, mm-hmm. but also genuinely like the messiness of their family relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was. <laughs> I was just like, I mean, I think that, I think that this kind of thing isn't necessarily seen as like sexual, like you know, taking a bath with your friend or your someone you're very close to. Um, so I, yeah, I mean, I initially saw them naked on the roof and was like, oh my god, is this about lesbians? <laughs> That's yeah, I, I. I kind of was wondering that the entire time because like it's 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 uh, like yeah they're kind of constantly like coiling around each other and like rubbing on each other and like and on the one hand it's like okay maybe they're just like doing like a snake thing that is what snakes do you know they don't have arms and legs so so granted but like the the, the movie is fairly is is uh, pre- pretty repetitive and kind of showing them, you know, clutching at each other sensuously and and longing for each other and like it's not it's not like fully overt. It's more implied and subtextual. It's it's like it's not to the extent of you know when uh Green Snake is is trying to um seduce the monk for for instance, but it's not not that far outside the ballpark either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I also think that it's it sort of is um, the way I immediately read it was like yeah well they're 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 snake devils or demons or whatever right they they don't have like a human morality and well you know so what yeah <laughs> <They're>, <laughs> I seem they they seem to be fine with it uh, who am I to say no uh, but yeah it is it is uh, it is definitely a very um, you know, given given recent uh, and repetitive discourse, as if it it's if mm-hmm. the discourse itself was on the wheel of Samsara, uh, <laughs> destined to reincarnate over and over again, uh, this would be a movie that the uh, people that ask about 
sex scenes in movies uh, are they necessary? I think that they would, their heads would just explode like they were they were in scanners. <laughs> this would make them so tremendously upset. Um, <laughs> I mean, and and to be clear, it's there's no actual like nudity. There's no, I mean, there's sexual portrayals but there's nothing like a sex scene per se right there is a very north by northwest train entering the tunnel type moment <laughs> yeah, where yeah. when when white snake um first gets into bed with um uh Xu, Xu yeah yeah Shuzhen, and um it, it cuts from them like writhing around in bed to just this gush of water like down a canal like I, flooding the village I and i was like laughed. okay i was just like all right i was like let's let's hit it with that water metaphor I mean, don't, don't forget that 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 is uh it is it is echoed but later <laughs> yeah oh my god i mean that they did the um Sweetheart did such such great things with the the water motif, though. I just like kept noticing the. I mean, because the snakes themselves control rain, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. the but their home is on this like big peaceful lotus pond, mm -hmm. and then that the village that they are kind of residing in as humans, which is pretty common of a lot of um, what like my parents call like Gu Chen, like old Chinese towns. They are, a lot of them have like this, these canals. Um, and the, and the, that big, huge, like kind of catastrophic flood at the mm -hmm. end. Um, just like a repetition of all the water motifs. And I think, I think there is a uh, precedence in mythology that like snakes are kind of, kind of related to dragons which are of like mm -hmm. the ocean so um the director kind of tied that in as well i thought it was interesting <laughs> that the dragon tattoo that um fahai has when he like takes off his robe at the end and that dragon was breathing fire i was like that's <laughs> really interesting <laughs> Um, I, I loved that moment just for like it immediately because because I'm an idiot. It immediately made me think of like Red Dragon. Like, do you see? <laughs> you are witnessing a great becoming. <laughs> he when he well because like I was like, wow, this monk is just like he's incredibly hot. Like, yeah, he was very. He is very hot. Hot and repressed. Um, <laughs> and but when he takes the robe off, I was just like, oh, there's tattoos too. I was like, wow, we're getting treated to like so many things. Here. <laughs> don't I, don't forget that he also uh, his uh, his um, quote his surplus or surplus uh, is what ex expands uh, sort of like to cover the entirety of the ocean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <You're> like, hmm. <laughs> What is that supposed to represent? I wonder. <laughs> uh, I, I love ahead. how we're introduced to him. So, so at the okay. So the the one part I wasn't totally sure is the the very first thing that we see is in like a town, but I, it, was that like a demon I, town? I wasn't I, totally sure. I was. I was. On, uh, it, go go ahead, Wendy, because I, I I have my own thing, but you might be you might be have the right thing. I think okay. So. Um, at first, I was like, what is happening? He, he's in, I'm pretty sure he's in hell. I'm pretty sure he kind uh, of, he like astral projected himself to hell to like, I don't know, remind <laughs> himself that the demons are bad, that like, you don't want this for your afterlife or something. Oh, okay. Um, and 
I also really liked the contrast of the red lighting yes. versus like mm-hmm. him and his like pristine robe. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, his pearlescent white robe. Yeah, it's it's not even just the lighting, like the 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 set design uses colors so strikingly. So like in that that first scene, just every building and every surface is just painted like a flat red, like without any other detail. And literally, it literally just looks like they went through a set and just painted everything the same mm-hmm. color red. Well, and, and then yeah, and- the the first thing you see that isn't is uh uh. Fahoy, I think his name is, just like standing there and yeah, like pristine white. And it's like, whoa, there's the guy. Okay, cool. And you're expecting him to be the cool hero. He's very much not. <laughs> I, I did I did like also the effect where he, he sort of like projects back or whatever, or, or, mm-hmm. or wherever he goes exactly. It's just like, just such an easy thing. It's just like one side of his face sort of like dissolves into a ripple of water. And then he's, he's transported to chasing an old guy right? <laughs> it's like why is he that part made me laugh because it's so good <laughs> you're he, you have this like very kind of laden uh scene of hell and then he's back in a fo- in the bamboo forest and then he starts chasing an old guy i was like it, it, the the visuals you, you, it's so funny because the visuals sort of like you would say, think that they're like yippee you know just so skipping well, along well, it's so cool how they do it it looks to me like they have like an overhead um like like pulley thing or like a or or kind of some kind of like sliding mechanism and they're suspending them and sliding them just so where they can just barely touch the ground or like maybe like with the tips of their toes so they kind of look like they're ta- like it it actually the, the thing that it reminded me of actually and this is a very this is a very lowbrow reference but in the first uh twilight movie how they show the vampires running where they're kind mm-hmm. of like walking but they're but they appear to be going very fast um it's kind of like a similar thing where like they appear to be running but they're not moving very fast they kind of have like a floaty like a floaty mystical kind of quality to it and yeah it's but but it, it is a funny visual also because there's like you know the the old guy who's kind of uh, you know this very like I- impressive aged buddhist priest um and then uh, Fahoy just kind of like jogs up next to him and it's like, hey, what's <laughs> up? <laughs> what's up? <laughs> How long have you been training for? I've been training for 20 years. He's like, what? His, his power levels are 6,000. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was like, what a nice day we are having. And then he's like, I got you, you demon. I was just like, holy shit. Um, I, I did. I also did love, again, like this is like a lot of practical effects where they use like, um, strips of gauze to yes. look sort of like uh, spider webby. Uh, it, it's just so good. Uh, I, I do also I, the the other thing that made me laugh is after you know obviously Fahoy uh, is able to capture him, but he captures him in like this tiny bowl, and they do like a little. There's like a little tiny man, <laughs> like the old man, sort of like but with his leg curled in up in, near mm-hmm. his face. You're like, oh, that looks uncomfortable, but also sort of funny. 
Well, it's, it's it's awesome because he's just like, I'm just a spider, man. I've been trying really hard to reincarnate as a human. You're going to fuck it all up. Please don't. Please don't put me under that fucking gazebo. Yes. And he's like, too bad. Under the gazebo you go. I was just like, when he lifted that gazebo with one hand, I was <laughs> It's so good. It looks, it looks great. It's probably just like a not very heavy thing that they also had other people helping lift. But like, it looks... So cool. It it has that like that like magic show quality of just you just see it and you're like, it just looks like he lifted it. It it just looks correct. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it yeah, it, it's it's a weird combination of like, yeah, like I think the the way that the physical acting looks makes it seem like it has enough heft so that he actually did lift something. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so you know, it definitely fools the eye. You, well, you buy into the the effect, right? I really, and it's not. Go ahead, go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna say, like, I love the physical acting of this movie. Um, I know a lot of Chinese actors and like Hong Kong actors of this time period. They were very good at that kind of like at that like bodily comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that because like I was like. I mean, my like one of my only reference points, but I was like, oh yeah, this is like you know, in Journey to the West, when <laughs> Liu Xiaolingtong's Monkey King character, like he got so physical with it. Um, he was running around. He was he was like jumping. I I feel like this must come from like maybe the opera tradition. Uh, it it does have a very theatrical mm-hmm. quality to it, especially in the sense of like like with theater. Obviously, you can't, you know, you you can do effects with lighting and smoke in the moment. And this film does constantly use those those sort of techniques. But, like, you can't embellish the the action itself, right? Like, it's not like a Marvel film where you can, you know, when someone lands on the ground, you can have, like, a big CGI ripple and stuff. So, like, if somebody jumps really high, they just kind of have to look like they could plausibly jump really high. And you just kind of like, you know, you just do it with like what you have. Or when he picks up the gazebo, it just looks like he picks up a gazebo. He's not, you know, it's it's such a stark contrast to how you see stunts filmed in CGI heavy movies where it's lots of little cuts put together. And a film like this tends to just show you the thing and make it look as good as possible. And so even though it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily look but it's not like VFX exploding all over the place. It looks really good because the actors are very physical and they convincingly, to your point, Wendy, they convincingly sell the physical side of the performance so that you don't really need much in the way of effects. It just looks like they did it. Yeah, I mean, I was also just incredibly floored by the flexibility of Maggie Chung and her co-star um, doing all of the the wiggle walking, but also yes. <laughs> <laughs> the very cartoonish, uh, like va 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 voom walk. You know, it's like, yeah, and 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 it's it's supposed to be like obviously there. It's supposed to be like sexualized, but also it's it's like oh, that's how a snake would think a human would walk too. You know? I I love when they talk about it. There's there, there's a part where they're talking about it, and White Snake is like use just like a little bit of the snake, just just like just a little bit of the snake, so that you kind of have like the wiggle, and then Green Snake gets gets up 
what are very clearly like like prop legs because they're all kind of like <laughs> floppy and she like wiggles them around and is like what am I even supposed to do with these <laughs> it's so good and she, she's like it's like I have two my tail's been split in two yeah <laughs> it's so good uh so what is it oh so uh so when when um you you mentioned the 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 spider demon uh that uh fat hoy basically like imprisons uh unjustly because it turns out that later on he finds his little uh uh prayer beads and they're they're like glowing with holy light and he's like oh he was telling the truth and then he doesn't like immediately go back and just set him free or anything he's like it's like near the, you know, later on in the movie he comes back and he's like damn you waited long enough <laughs> fuck fuck the guys <laughs> fuck the guys vibe all up uh turn back to a spider and everything um and that's where he runs into the the woman out in the bamboo grove giving birth and gets all horned up and he he's attracted there because there's the the two snake demons uh you know white and green snake are, are sort of like floating overhead and they're actually their bodies are covering the woman from from getting rain on her while she's uh giving birth and uh so he he's he surmises that they're not doing anything anything harmful so he lets them go uh it, it also possibly because he's just horny too from seeing a woman <laughs> naked it's also so. cool how like when you first see the snakes you really only see these like very large shadowy forms kind of moving just at the, like in like silhouette in like the edge of the rain. Like you don't really the, you later see like an actual giant snake with a giant snake head, but in the early scenes, you really don't see what their forms look like. You just kind of get this, this large snake like shape, you know, mm -hmm. moving in the darkness, which, which again, I think is, much more effective than, than trying to show you a big snake at that point because it, it it situates you at a human level where you feel like you can't quite comprehend mm -hmm. this world that you're seeing like that that it isn't it, it isn't our world it is you know a level above it or like a level removed from it where we, we where we the viewers struggle to, to comprehend it ourselves yeah yeah, yeah. and uh and I think that's where it sort of cuts to them just on the roof over. I mean, we get a scene like an establishing shot of like a big party happening and like some, you know, sort of like, I'm not sure if it's just simply a bar or whatever, but uh, that's where uh, green and white snake are sort of like on the roof, sort of like peering down uh, through like a, a, a crack in the, uh, the ceiling tile or the, the roof mm -hmm. tiling. And uh, that's where like Green Snake goes like, oh, I'll join the dance. <laughs> just like starts also seducing one of the dancers. That was uh, amazing. That was yeah, cool. That was very cool. <laughs> I say that. I say that both as a gentleman and as not. So <laughs> I, I was just like, well, A, I was impressed that because um, a lot a lot of the sea dramas I've seen have like they have dance sequences that are very inspired by like south asian dance but none of the dancers are south asian so i was like oh this is really cool they got like professional like south asian dancers mm -hmm. to do this scene um but then when i just love how casually everyone was like there's a naked girl in the middle of the room and she wants to like join the party <laughs> they were like yeah sure why not <laughs> yeah like there's room there's room 
throw her a little throw her a little gauze like wrap thing and then just like let her let her show show us what she's got that was so fun <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, th- that was that was great uh and that's i believe that's where um white snake uh first lays eyes on uh is it shujen who is uh the i guess see this is the thing I, i'm not entirely sure he's he's basically a uh a scholar that teaches uh, students how to get into the, you know, basically take the exams, the civil service exams. I'm going to guess. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't really know. Like I know that historically they, they have these like tutors for mm-hmm. these kind of, they have tutors for like kind of noble young men who want to take the civil service exam. So that's what I just assumed. I mean, honestly, I also just assumed he was just like a guy, <laughs> just like <laughs> some some guy who like he was like, yeah, I'll take this job. Like, why? Whatever. Yeah, it's funny because uh, he's initially supposed to be like the the super strict teacher. Um, well, he, he, he catches a guy r- writing like like horny poetry in class, and he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna read your horny poem to the class," <laughs> and say, "You'll never pass if you're horny. You'll never you'll, you'll you'll never get into the civil service." Look, it's it's no nut service exams, okay? <laughs> the, even is, the even the service exams uh, are no nut. It is no nut everything like <laughs> i cannot stress to you enough how how no nut like a lot of a lot of the the media is i just that's why i was just so tickled by like the sensuality of the two snake sisters who are just constantly like throwing themselves on dudes like there's no, and i'm like yes good I, this is like this is so great well, it's, yeah, it's, it's, and they and they initiate stuff too. It's it's cool also because they tie it into and, and it, it gets developed as the film goes on, but they tie it increasingly with the idea of being human, mm-hmm. and and so like part of what like you know th- there's this, this kind of twin goal. Like on the one hand, um, White Snake wants to reincarnate as a human, which requires her to kind of like elevate herself. Um, but at the same time, apart from that kind of spiritual quest, she's also on kind of like a much more literal trajectory of just doing human things that demons don't really do, like like fall in love with a human. And when she does that, for instance, uh, Fahoy is like, you know, and, and actually, uh, I, there's like a Taoist monk who shows up as well, who's like, who's like, no, 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 like humans, humans and demons can't be together. That's not a thing that demons do. Not allowed. Um, but but she's also just like doing increasingly human things. And then later in the film, like she even becomes pregnant and then like gives birth to a human child. Mm-hmm. And like that's one of the things is like it, it's totally irrelevant at the end whether she can reincarnate as a human. She's uh, effectively is able to kind of become human by, you know, be going through human experiences. And I, I really like, though, how from the very beginning, they kind of have this vague idea of like, well, love is a human thing and it's not really like our thing, but like also like we want to check out like, like, let's see what this is like. Let's see what it's like to be human. Oh, being human is really cool. Oh, but, you know, and, and they, they both kind of develop their different takes on it. Um, and well, yeah, and- I, 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 I appreciated that it like it, it connected like back to the discourse. This is something that I think a lot of people don't get now that, you know, sexuality is a part of being human. 
And it is just an aspect of being human. It is part and parcel to the experience. You can't, you know, it's, you can't just be like, oh, well, all this is being human, but this part is just kind of like extraneous. We don't need that part. Right. Well, and, and, uh, I think it, it, what puts the, you know, like basically what, what ends up tying the bow on, on all that is the pain that of, you know, like mm-hmm. basically the pain that, White Snake feels uh, at at a at a moment when when she is she she announces to Green Snake that she's become pregnant uh, is the fact that she because she's human and Green Snake her sister is not there's there's a pain there right in that she is they're going to be separated they're going to have mm-hmm. different existences different experiences uh, and and she will move on. And Green Snake may be, you know, unless she learns to become human, she may never be able to, you know, be reincarnated as a human either. It's it's really interesting that um, they see kind of they see reincarnation as human as like the ultimate goal. I actually don't know if the two snakes specifically, I, I don't know if it was like a translation error or something because I kind of interpreted it as like, they want to live as humans for as long as they can, not necessarily reincarnate and have them be fully human. Um, as like the spider demon said, I, I think, it, I think like, I don't know if the translation's wrong or if, I'm just bringing my myth, like my um, media bias into it because I see a lot of these fantasy shows and they are, it's like, if you want to be human and you are like a god or like a xian, like a transcendent, they will, that you can like be born as a human to go through a trial so you can become hmm. like the next level of a god. Um. Oh. I see. I I interpreted. I I assumed that the spider at the beginning was was kind of supposed to be illustrative of this idea that like a demon can become human by you know pursuing you know like spiritual elevation and being good hearted ultimately, I, I, and that may, maybe that wasn't their sole goal, but that it was always an option that was available to them. But but to your point, Wendy, yeah, you're you're right, because they don't really they mostly just talk about like, well, we're here to have some fun as humans and see how cool it is to be human. They're not really talking about the spiritual dynamic at all. But mm-hmm. then then at the end, that does also still seem to be what happens. So maybe we're meant to understand that as like a like like an accident kind of like, so- you know, the the way I viewed it was that they so so if we are to believe that uh, Fahoy is the antagonist, uh, and and he's supposed to be the Buddhist monk, he's supposed to be like the guy that that he he actually has like actual powers and like he's on the supposedly on 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 the path right, um, but he does not believe that demons can change and therefore. Th- any demon should be immediately, you know, like cast out or exercised or whatever right. it may be. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, the counterpoint is then that they are actually trying their best to be as human as they can be. Um, so I think that the you're probably right, Wendy. I, I may I may have been 
uh, like after the fact, reading up a, a little bit on it. Uh, and maybe that colored my, my reading, but I do think that the, the seed is supposed to be planted there by the spider demon basically saying, no, look, I, I'm, I've been training for a long time, you know, and then we, we do have, you know, white snake, you know, always chiding green snake that she has a thousand years of training. Uh, whereas she, you know, her sister only has 500. And so I, I think that that's the connection I saw at least. Um, especially given the fact that, that we're supposed to view it ironically, right? That the, the Buddhist monk is the one that does not believe that anything can change <laughs> is wrong. You know, it's, it's kind of similar to the plot of Blade Runner. <laughs> Actually, you think about it. <laughs> oh my Wait, are, are, are you trying to say that Fahoy was actually a replicant? <laughs> I mean, it kind of like that. It, they kind of even have the same ending where like the non-human turns out to be the most human of them all. Yes. Yes. Oh there God. is also a snake lady in, uh, in Blade Runner. That's true. That's Zora. True. Zora. I love Blade uh, Runner. It's a good movie. Such, I just, um, but I think that like, I, I don't know. I feel like I would have to, I definitely have to rewatch this. I feel like there's just like stuff that I missed the first round. Um, I, never mind. I lost the thought. No, <laughs> well, no, there's, there's big chunks of the movie where I was like, this is cool. And I understand it on a plot level, but I don't really know what's going on. So if like, for instance, the first time that they show, uh, uh, Fahoy in his like giant, like m mountain monastery mm -hmm. with all the other monks. Um, I was like, I, I don't know where this is. I don't know. Is it, is it near the town? Is it like in a spiritual place? Is it in like a metaphor? Is it just literally like next to the town? And it kind of seems to be both. Cause like, li yes. like l later on when he, when he, he, he picks it up with his sash and lifts it into the air <laughs> and then puts it. it back down. It like, it creates a wave that like floods the town. And he's like, Oh shit. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> my, I used my monk powers to make a tsunami. Fuck. <laughs> I did. I did like that though. But which, cause like, I, I, I feel like, I feel like a lot of times when you watch like the, you know, a, a mystical drama of some kind that has godlike beings doing godlike things. It it just kind of like forgets about the humans. And I liked that, you know, throughout uh, uh, this movie, as they're doing stuff, it's like, oh, it's causing floods, it's causing all these problems, it's knocking their okay. it's knocking their buildings and houses it, it, over. Enough criticism about the Avengers, Kurt, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just I I think that well for like there's always there's I don't know where they film these dramas. Oh I God. know there's so many of these like little old towns, but I swear like the the bridge with like the the boats underneath it, and there's like a little marketplace. I've seen that in literally like every fantasy <laughs> drama. <laughs> oh, but but they make so so such good use of it because the the the, the Taoist uh, the Taoist mystic who's also blind. I love that his two little uh, assi kid assistants are like there's a chase that happens on one of the canals and the assistants start yelling at him, it's seven steps forward master <laughs> there's a boat <laughs> i loved that it was like wow such honestly it, it was funny but also like there was some care taken it was like yeah wh well of course you'd need some help if you're a blind monk who also weirdly <laughs> has uh, martial arts powers and like endless quantities of sulfur to just you know like scatter everywhere <laughs> 
I just can't get over it that he blew sulfur over the entire time. <laughs> you're people. fine. And you're he was fine. Like, you're fine. You can inhale. I'm like, no, they can't. They all, they're all going to get like asthma now. <laughs> <laughs> He's yeah, like, it, yeah, right. Walk it off. It's okay. It kind of reminds you of like, have you ever seen the old films from when they would just like drive trucks around, like spraying DDT everywhere? Oh my and, God. And kids would be like running along next to the truck playing going, wee. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. That's horrible. Oh, I just, yes. I really, I liked that his character was just meant to be like kind of comedic. He's just like mm-hmm. a crazy old man. And then there's his, he's contrasted next to this like, very elegant, powerful, re- like truly powerful uh, Buddhist monk. Um, yeah. <laughs> although I, I think that I do think that like the bumbling Taoist priest is like a trope in some of the in some of the fantasy uh, stuff that I've seen. <laughs> I've definitely seemed like see I, I I've definitely encountered the like comedic priests before especially like the 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 guy who's kind of like he's he's got powers like he's got you know he's he he does have abilities he does have skill but that doesn't that doesn't make him like respected or not funny and like even though you know he's he's not just like a mere mortal he is also he's not incompetent exactly but he's not he he's clearly not like one of the heroes <laughs> of the story he's kind of also there to screw up and and be a little funny he's also just a guy yeah. Also just a guy. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, I really like when um uh Xu Zhen like first comes to so um he he meets he so they they make it rain while he's waiting for uh, a boat to cross mm-hmm. like a lake or a river. I forget which which, uh, which it was. Um and he misses like the last boat. And then the two sisters are there in a boat and um, they make it rain by like throwing like a splash of water up in the air, which is just a cool visual. Like they they kind of like like, throw the water up and then as it comes down, it just kind of starts raining everywhere. Um, And they they get him to to, to get on their boat uh, and contrive to borrow his umbrella so that um, White Snake can be like, oh, like you know, uh, come come get it back from me tomorrow. I live in this part of the city in the you know in like the the big white house. And when he gets there, the Taoist monk or the Taoist priest is there, and he goes, <laughs> "This house is an illusion. The gardens are an illusion. There are snake demons here. Uh, they're trying to entrap mortals. So don't go in there." And uh, uh, Xu Zhen is like. Huh, you know, you're right. There wasn't a giant house here before. It definitely is an illusion. And then he, and then he just like forgets about it and like and then goes in anyway. <laughs> well, um, but I, I oh, sorry. <laughs> no, I was just say, I I like that he's like, "You know what? You're right. There didn't used to be a big house here." <laughs> I I feel like and then when and then when um Fahai makes it disappear, he's like, "No, my house." <laughs> <laughs> but but that effect is so cool. Uh, honestly, I I loved it. I, I don't even know how they did it exactly. I I guess what did they just like <laughs> disassemble or <laughs> the part of the set that was there and just like you know stop filming and then filmed again? I don't know. It it, it looks so cool because it it is very abrupt. He's like he waves his little uh his little wand or whatever i I don't even know what he's got it's a it's a scepter like a lot of 
Taoists use that kind of scepter with, I think, like, the, the fuzzy stuff is made um, from horse hair. Mm, okay, that makes yeah. sense. Um, but yeah, like, he, he flicks it around and, like, that part disappears and you're like, whoop. <laughs> <laughs> so... From there, they kind of they, they they go through their whole courtship, but it is it, but we quickly see that you know Green Snake can't really control her transformation the way that White Snake can, so she's constantly like slithering around, eating flies. She smells a rat and is like rat meat. I love rat meat, and she's like trying to like crawl along the ceiling and like and like catch the rat. Um, there's a really great shot where. Um, Green Snake like slithers across the floor with like her big snake tail behind her, and it literally looks like they just like tied something to uh, Maggie Chung and just like j- like you know slid her a- along the floor <laughs> with like a big snake tail behind her. And, and again, it looks great; it looks awesome. <laughs> um, but they they drop a significant detail, which I feel like is a very like fairy tale um, d- detail, which I loved, which was oh. If he sees you with your snake tail, green snake, he will die instantly of shock. Um, <laughs> I and love later it. on, he does indeed. He's just like, uh. That, I was just like, I was like, wait, did he just like, did he just die? And then I was like, oh my God. He was he literally scared to death. I also love that when they, uh, so so that then uh, precipitates a quest to get what is the the lichun herb Le- or something Le- it's it's okay so this is also a trope the magic herb is always like liju and it's um it's reishi it's like the mushroom it's the reishi mm-hmm. mushroom oh. um, yeah yeah which you know it's a real life mushroom but it's also <laughs> like a magical thing that uh, G- guarded by a magic crane the, which is all which is awesome <laughs> it's always guarded by some kind of mythical beast i mean they got off easy this time it was just a bird like and like you know the last <laughs> drama i watched was like four different beasts i Damn, okay. i love i love when when um green snake is fighting the crane and she's like whoa, whoa, whoa like we're just sealing it to help somebody and uh, Fahoy is like, okay, I'll tell the crane to back off. And he's like, crane, chill out. We'll talk about this later. They need the I, herb. I, I, lo- I love that his, his say, tell the fairies, I'll be by to tell them yeah. uh, to, to, to talk about it, the herb or whatever. I'll You're explain like, it later. The fuck? <laughs> I just, I love little throwaway lines like that, though, because it implies that they're just like such a bigger world than what we are, than what we see in the film. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The bird, I just thought the bird puppet was hilarious. It was great. The bird puppet was was great. Like it doesn't seem that threatening, but it it also like it doesn't look bad. Like it looks, you know, it it's fun. It is a little silly, but it like it's also just like the way that the film is shot in general just makes it kind of work. Um, yeah. The effect that I loved was when they actually like activate the the herb. Um, and bring him back. There's this oh, amazing all sequence the, with all like like the, the, the lotus like, lotuses flowers. blossoms. Ah. Yeah, and they just it looks like they just put got like all these little props and like put like glowing lights in them. And they yeah. all just turn so, on one by one. Whoa! Again, just like just having a really great cinematic eye and just doing something fairly straightforward. It's just so striking. It's just like in the frame like that. Well, and and part of it is because it's got such a contrast because. Um, when they when she activates the herb the the pond that we're talking about like the, the they they have like a little pavilion out on a little pond it's beautiful but ever since uh 
you know, uh, Jen, uh, was, has been scared to death. Uh, a pall hangs over everything. Like visually it's just gone dull and dark. And so when she uses it, it's just such a striking contrast and like this beautiful, almost beatific, like pinkish light just suffuses everything. It's, it's so good. I also, I laughed so hard because the, um, the, the actual Paul, the, the black silk, <laughs> see-through silk, uh, cloth that, uh, is covering Shushin, uh, it just gets yanked away and he immediately <laughs> wakes up. And you're like, God damn, that's great. <laughs> and I laughed so hard. He is just truly such like a hapless man. Throughout this whole, he's like, like by the end when they are fighting, and he's like, I just love how he he comes home and the first thing he can think of, he's like, I committed a crime. We have to go now. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's jumping ahead, but even like the way he dies, where he's like, he's try, he's like trying to figure out like what to do, and Green Snake just kills him, and is like, go go be with my sister, Blah! and just fucking stabs him with two swords. Oh my! Doesn't even ask him. He's like, she's just yeah. like, go with her, get out of here. <laughs> she loves you, and you love her. You belong with her. Stab. Swords, yeah, swords. <laughs> I was just like, that had me howling. I was like, well. That is one way to go about it. Wendy, I, I am not going to lie. I was like, oh, okay, the movie's ending. All right. Holy shit. <laughs> I did not expect that. <laughs> I think that's like, the the pathos of that ending was so good. I feel like when uh, Green Snake is just like, you know what? Like, fuck this. This <laughs> sucks. I'm leaving. And I'm just like, you're right. It does suck. <laughs> to be a human does suck. <laughs> yeah. Human. yeah it, that, a pox that, on that. That whole sentiment is is great because, yeah, it's it's like, this doesn't make any sense. This is stupid. <laughs> Maybe, um, yeah, I, I mean, you know, we're, we're all out of order, but whatever. I love that she just tells the monk, like, you figure out love. And once you have f- figured out love in humans, maybe I'll come back later. <laughs> See ya. And she just fucking like backflips into the water. And just, <laughs> just leaves it with a fucking baby. You're dealing with this baby. <laughs> I just love, I love that she just yeeted away. They, like so many, so many scenes were just like the monk like yeets something or she just like yeets herself away. I was just like, this is incredible. This is so it's, the like the the body language is so good. She's just like goodbye. I don't want to deal with this anymore. Fuck all of you. Peace. <laughs> so let's see. Fahoy finds out what's going on after they bring back uh, Shujin, and he's like, "Here's some magic. Here, here's my my like enchanted beads. Um, these will keep them away from you." And he's like, "Well, I don't want that," and throws them away. <laughs> As soon as he's out of sight, he's like, "Oh, is he? Is he looking at me?" Fuck these! He chucks him in the fucking river. Well, it's like, like I just, I just love that he was like, he was like, "No, I love my wife." He's like, "My wife, <laughs> my wife, my, my wife." wife. Uh, he's see, a wife guy. He was a wife guy. He's yeah. a snake guy. Yeah. He he was a monster fucker. <laughs> I mean, yes, fair, true. 
Was he a monster fucker or was he monster fucked? Because I think I think I think White Snake did a is, lot of the heavy is, lifting. Is there. is man the true monster? <laughs> <laughs> We're not so different, you and I. Um. So Fahoy kidnaps him and is like, "No, you need to become a monk." <laughs> I love I love when they're like, sh- he's like, "All right, everybody, shave his head." And he's like, "No, don't shave my head. I don't want to be a monk." <laughs> that was so I was just like, you know what? Like entirely fair. I don't want to be bald either. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, it doesn't it doesn't seem that great to be a monk. Like Fahoy isn't having a great time. Um he's you know, he has cool powers, but he's kind of a bummer. And all the other monks are just like guys, basically. <laughs> and I, they, they <laughs> I did I did love the detail that inside the monastery, the cavernous monastery, everyone had like these little bells that they were striking while while the while the initiation is taking place for, for Xu Jin. And then the the head monk had a gigantic bell. <laughs> Yes, that he was striking. It's <laughs> yeah, so good. It's so funny. The, like, like, it's like a colossal bell. <laughs> He's like striking with like one of those kettle drum <laughs> like sticks. And then uh, he falls over. Like him just like falling over. I was like, that was <laughs> like some peak, peak acting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it, it. Yeah, Shijin was like, yeah, my hair, my hair. <laughs> Come on. I worked so hard on it. The whole sequence where, so like w- while that's going on, Green Snake and White Snake show up outside and they kind of, they come back together because White Snake has like rejected Green Snake and is like, I'm pregnant. Like I'm, you know, we can't be together. Like you need to go do your own thing. Um, and then, you know, th- th- they come back together. Uh, to save uh, uh, Shujin. And um, they, I, it's very like, uh, uh, again, low culture. It's very like Dragon Ball Z leading up to the fight where like they're both like flying in. They're like, they're like, you know, t- t- talking shit about how much they're going to kick these guys' asses. And, mm-hmm. and they're both kind of like ready to kick ass. Um, and then, and then, yeah, they have their, their big confrontation uh, with uh, Fahoy. Um, where, yeah, he, we, we already discussed his, uh, what is it? His, uh, surplus, 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 surplus. I'm not sure. Yeah. He's doing all, he's, he kind of like, he, he grabs this mountain. So they're trying to flood them out of the mountain to, to make them all come out with, uh, And so Fahoy is like, well, I'm going to pick up the mountain. And he like wraps it up in his, (laughs) his like sash and lifts it into the air. And they're like, that's cool. We can make the water go higher. And so it starts flooding everything. And the the monks are, are frantically trying to like lend him their energy. So they're all, you know, like trying to like pray and concentrate. Before I forget, I mentioned that the, the scene, the, the scene with the, the water uh, gushing from the, into the canal uh, near the, the beginning of the film is echoed here, but by uh, basically White Snake's water breaking, mm-hmm. <laughs> she's going into labor, and that's what causes like them to oh let's let's flood the mountain. Well, that's, that's the other thing happen. that's echoed is in the first flood they make a point of showing somebody rescuing a baby and being like, quick, take my baby mm, that's or, or like, quick, quick, oh, yeah. give me my baby. I'll float it to safety, and that's exactly what winds up happening. Is that mm-hmm. what White Snake gives birth? Um, I forget who she hands the baby to initially it's, or if she just has green, it. It's green. Oh, no, green I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, it's green snake. And then she hands it to Fahoy. That's right. 
And um, because, yeah, so like she winds up basically drowning in the flood along with all of the monks. Um, And and so like Fahoy like wins kind of, but. But he's got no points out like you killed all of them. She killed um, all your own monks. Yeah. 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 She kills um, uh, Shujin. And Fahoy comes down and is like, you've committed murder, the ultimate crime. <laughs> and she's like, you just killed like a hundred monks. You killed your own brothers, motherfucker. And what are you talking about? I love I love how surprised he seems. She's like, I? I did a crime? <laughs> Me? <laughs> He's a, just a little birthday boy, Kurt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's his birthday. I just like the, the, um, oh my God, what was I going to say? I loved his stupid little hat. Oh yes, the traditional. I I it's the traditional Tang Dynasty like high monk garb. Um, I I like don't quote me on this. I just know that Sanzang in Journey to the West like that's his costume mm. the whole time. Um, I don't know if this was. I think I think it's just. I don't think it's a reference. I think it's just what like a lot of high-ranking monks wore um but this mm-hmm. the surplice like the red sash is also something that um a lot of them would wear there's like a whole <laughs> there's like a whole side plot like uh sorry not side plot there's like a whole episode plot in journey to the west where this like greedy old monk sees this prized s- surplice that has kind of magical properties and he covets it so much um, and he tries to like, he tries to set the monastery on fire so he can <laughs> steal it. Like, um, <laughs> it's just like high high risk. Yeah. Uh, well, oh, because I think it's supposed to be f- to protect you from fire, kind of like Inuyasha's like Howry. Mm. Um. So he, I think his reasoning was, if I set the whole place on fire and I steal it, I will be safe from the fire while everybody else dies. <laughs> well, yeah, genius thinking. Very. Um. But the the giant, I just love Fahoy's like his costume at the end was really cool. All the prints and all the patterns. Well- and yeah, it's it's a great costume, and it's cool how like throughout the film they they kind of like use his clothing and costume to become part of his powers. Where, where like there's a part where like he's he's constantly taking off like I, I'm not sure if it's his sash or like a weapon or something, but he kind of has this like flame whip move that he does mm-hmm. a whole bunch of times. Um, and there's one point where like he flies by like taking off his sash and kind of like spinning it above his head. Like a helicopter and kind of like flying <laughs> off that way, and, and then yeah, his 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 like hat like turns into like like a big you know f- floating thing. It's it's just very like it, it, they're they're using like straightforward things. There's a lot of fabric, just a lot of like f- fabric that's used to represent or stand in for like magical powers, and it's cool because. I just think that fabric looks insanely cool in general. Like there's so much cool shit visually that you could do with it. Mm-hmm. And it's very apropos as a way of showing that it's intrinsic to who he is. It connects back to like how he's dressed. And you also on a practical level don't need to do a bunch of bullshit special effects. Although at the end, there is a pretty sweet CGI dragon that comes out of his hands <laughs> when he like shoots fire at them. Oh my God. I, the tattoos. I, <laughs> 
the boy with the t- dragon tattoos. Um, <laughs> I I do like that. Um, the the surplus. It, it it what it reminded me of is uh is that the monkey king who has like the staff that <laughs> just like could shrink it down to you know like shrink it down or grow it at any any length. Uh, that, that he uses often. Uh. And it just reminded me of that type of having that type of property, right? Like this sort of almost cosmic uh, quality to it that it can be as big or as small as he wants it to be. Yeah, but I think um, I can say it like this, I can say confidently, but like Chinese fantasy loves like loves a magical object, um, whether it's like a like a, a magical weapon that's like knows us like bracelets or his like little flame wheels um or his red sash noza has a red sash that he can do like cool things with the monkey king staff or they just like we (laughs) my people love a a weird magical weapon (laughs) a lot of times it's used in dramas it can be like a MacGuffin type thing um but it can also just be like a cool part of a character's um costume yeah yeah that's great yeah i mean um i mean we, we've we've sort of like gotten to more or less the end of the movie right <laughs> yeah fahoy winds up holding the baby nutless and, and alone yeah <laughs> which is you know it, it's it's very humbling for him honestly because it's like okay here's all these problems that you have caused and here <laughs> now now you deal with it asshole <laughs> and it just kind of ends like panning sideways and you get him standing in like profile as i recall it like holding this baby and it's like mm-hmm. well there you go you know you, you th- this is this this is this is the consequences of, of all your actions of being an asshole of of basically causing problems throughout the movie um and it is a deeply it is a deeply human ending too I, I i think because it both you know it, it everybody who had a valid point gets validated and he kind of gets shown up effectively mm-hmm. okay a couple hundred monks died granted <laughs> there is some collateral damage that's not perfectly poetic but you know i i just thought it was a very striking both a striking image to end on um especially after all the like somewhat borderline slapstick at times combat like it just ends on this very straightforward human image which is both mm-hmm. striking like metaphorically and visually so i loved how it ended yeah yeah, yeah. well and symbolically as well because i mm-hmm. mean like he 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 has it specifically in his hands an obligation but also sort of like a a hope for the future right right and also like it's a reminder of what he's done he mm-hmm. has he's killed the mother like he's it, you know, it's his fault that she passed away. So he does have responsibility to this child now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it, it's, it's, it's also like a weirdly, um, uh, what's that? Uh, there, there's, there's a, like, like it, it's a weird way to uh, end as well, because then it, it sort of forces Fahoy, you know, the Buddhist monk with all the powers uh, to become sort of like anchored to this existence for as long as the kid is alive, right? Or at least as long as he fobs it off to somebody else. Yeah. If he's des- if he decides to be a complete asshole, I mean, all of his monk buddies are gone. You know, he's got he doesn't have anything else to do at this point. Got to teach somebody. I mean, it's like 
it's like the ultimate lesson for him, right? He can't that he cannot escape the the hardships of this world, like for all mm-hmm. of his enlightenment, for all of his powers, or you know, all of his like purported enlightenment. Um that that he still he at the end is the one that has to contend with the like this world because he is also a human, even though he like tries so hard not to be. Right. Um, and, right, and yeah. and weirdly, he he acts more inhuman towards everyone else than pretty much anyone else in the movie. Right, everyone else, like even even like Xu Shan, for all his haplessness, you know, like he he loves White Snake. You know, he he did love her. Uh, he, he's he's he sucks, but he did love her. He wanted to protect her. Yes. Yeah. He he just didn't know how to do it, especially when you got Mr. Monk over here who can mm-hmm. snap his fingers and make your house disappear. Well, yeah, I mean like everybody else in the film and in the story has friends or human connections of some kind except for him. Like even or or you know, if not human connections, then demon connections, you know? Even even Green Snake and White Snake have each other. He's the only person who's, yeah, as as you said, Wendy, he sees himself as kind of like above it all. And it's like, nope, you you are human. You do have to deal with this. Oh, my God. Yeah, when, when you said everyone else has friends except him, I'm like, damn, that's sad. <laughs> <laughs> that's really sad. He probably could have been friends with, with that spider. Seemed like a cool guy. <laughs> yeah. But... Man, he's yeah, well. If he if he'd come back a little sooner, the spider would have been like, "Hey, buddy, mm-hmm. thanks. That sucked, but uh, thanks for getting me out. We let's go have a drink or something." <laughs> I wonder if part of it is also like I I wonder if we're also meant to take in terms of like the length of time training because everybody else is trained for longer than him. White Snake trained for a thousand years. Green Snake trained for five hundred years. The spider trained for two hundred years, and he's like, "Well, I've only trained for twenty. <laughs> <laughs> and so maybe maybe there's something that you learn from an additional 180 years of training, which is to not be an asshole. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, that, that's the thing, isn't it? He's just like so smug in knowing who deserves what. Right. Uh, and he meets out like justice sort of in a way that doesn't seem very compassionate. Just. <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I would even say compassionate because it 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 really that's the that's one of the big things in Buddhism, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Being compassionate, uh, and he isn't. That's well, true. I know that we've that we're a little bit over an hour, and I want to make sure that uh, we get a chance to talk to you, Wendy, about yes. the infinity particle. Oh my god! Thank uh, you so, so much. So I would love to to, to talk about that because I, I I ordered it earlier today. I'm very excited to get it. So please tell me what is the infinity particle so that our listeners can learn about it. Oh my god! Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, the infinity particle is my new young adult non-derogatory <laughs> graphic novel. <laughs> Com- complimentary. <laughs> complimentary. Um, it's about, supposed to be, we were talking about Blade Runner earlier. Um, it's about a, a girl scientist who falls in love with a robot who is the assistant of this woman who, well, this, this uh, female engineer whom she idolizes. Uh, she moves to Mars to like, learn from her her idol and then kind of realizes that uh the robot kai is stuck in a similar loop of an abusive situation that she fled her fled earth because of 
Um, so this book is about this book is about figuring out like figuring out like the pain of a of generational trauma and um, finding someone who like like it was really important for me as a as a teenager to kind of I think one of the most validating feelings when I first fell in love as a teenager was like oh this person sees me for who I am this person um, really sees me and I want to say that this book is about seeing each other whether you're a human or a robot whether you were made or whether you were born um, so those are like the big philosophical themes of this movie. Um, it was also based on the fact that I hate Silicon Valley and <laughs> I really, <laughs> really wanted to create a world that was in conversation with where we are currently, but also in kind of, I hope, a much more um, optimistic way of uh how do we get to like a nicer future? Spoiler alert, like all the billionaires are dead. <laughs> um, <laughs> I made this so explicit in my book that my dad texted me the panel and he was like, I like your critique here. <laughs> 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 he was like, okay, well, like I was not subtle about it. Um, so may, may I say real quick that I, I love the the I, I guess you would call it the artistic decision to use like a very limited color palette of kind of like a cool blue gray and like a l l like a peach mm -hmm. sort of color it it lends it this really like a, a both kind of like a like a warmth and a very like striking visual contrast i just think is it's it's really interesting because it it's it's not you know it's not purely black and white but neither is it like you know fully realistic colors and i don't know it's just it i just thought it was very striking visually from what i i have seen of the book not having read it yet oh my god thank you so much um so i actually color picked that from a photo so i looked at photos that the mars rover had taken and for an initial color run i color picked um, from just like from that photo and I played with turning the saturation up and down. And, oh shit. That's so cool. Yeah. And I initially there was, there was going to be more colors, but, um, oh my God, sorry. I don't know if you heard that. <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> my alarm. Um, but I had picked a couple more colors that were a little bit more in line with directly like eye dropping from the Rover photos of these like teals and these hmm. kind of browns and grays, but I decided to do this pink tone because pink is so evocative of Mars, but it's also evocative mm -hmm. of like romance and tenderness. But like if you boost the saturation, it can be very aggressive. Um, so I wanted like the whole range of like human emotion in that mm -hmm. kind of in that pinkish color. And then it needs to be um I I feel like I just really like the indigo and I feel like a compliment I as like a complimentary color it did the lines so well like and helped it contrast with mm -hmm. all the pink I used. So so yeah that was like that was my thought process behind the color palette but I'm really glad you like it. I had a really good time um drawing with it. It looks terrific. So yeah. and I I can't I I cannot wait for it to arrive. Thank so. you. <laughs> Yeah, it does. It does look great. 
Um, I did not know that it had to do with the color palette of Mars, but that is super I did cool. not. That's really cool. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I'm always, everyone's always like, oh my God, you do so much research for your for your projects. But I was like, let me just like spend five hours talking about the process. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Um, so yeah, so uh, that is the Infinity Particle. Uh, it, it, it's already out. Is that correct, Wendy? Yes, it's out in bookstores everywhere. Please go buy it from your favorite local indie. Do not give the tech billionaires more money. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I hope I hope people enjoy it as much as it is like you know of uh, a, a story that's rooted in all of these like philosophical elements. Like I mean, it, it's like. I love a love story about a girl and a, a robot, you know? <laughs> like, <it's> very, <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. One, one, one small detail. Uh, if you are unable to buy the book, uh, ask your library to order it too. So that, mm. that'll help Wendy out as well. Yes. Yes, please support your local library. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, Wendy, thank you so much for, uh, for, for deciding to come, come on and talk about green snake with us. Uh, I, I, I'm hoping that the infinity particle, you know, really does like some infinity royalties for you. Thank you so much. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> uh, and Kurt, everyone. Thanks again. Uh, everyone out there. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. Here. Wait, go go oh, read go Carlos. Ahead. Go read Carlos' short story. <laughs> you mean up in the hills? Uh, yes. Over in Strange Horizons. Yes. yes thank yes. you, Wendy. I love it. Thank you. That's very kind of you to say. Well, after and that, watch Green Snake and watch it's Green cool. Snake. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, we we may have a way for you to watch Green Snake, um, <laughs> but uh, if you ask nice. Uh, in any case, thanks for listening, folks. We'll catch you next time here on Podside.